0: Good morning. Good to see you guys. And we're starting a brand new series today. That I'm so excited about. Um, it's called "Teach Us to Pray," and uh, we're going to um, we're going to spend the next several minutes just talking about this, learning um, how to. Hey, how many here pray enough? I want to see your hand if you pray enough. Yeah, it's kind of like working out, right? When can you work out enough, right? We all feel inadequate uh, when we come to the topic of prayer. But I'm going to be here today to encourage us to really press in. To all that God has for us, we have had an awesome week here at Grace Church. Um, our missions team was in Mexico. They're going to share at the end of service, and um, but we had the election. We were an election site here on Tuesday, and we had one thousand and eighty people that were it came through here, were in this room voting on Tuesday, and you guys were here loving them, serving them, uh, just being just loving our neighborhood. Uh, in fact, I heard that we served over a thousand donuts and cookies to our neighbors on Tuesday. So can you guys give it up for yourself? Let's just thank the Lord for all that he allowed us to do this week. just, just awesome. We just, it's just so good what the Lord is doing um, in this church and through this church. It's just such an honor uh, for all of us to be a part of it. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you a question, but you don't have to raise your hand for this one. All right, who here has ever wanted something that wasn't yours? Like, you saw something that you wanted, but it wasn't yours. Maybe it was a big truck with a lift kit and loud pipes. I've never coveted for that, but maybe you have. Or maybe it was a house, right? Or or maybe it's not even something, because that's covetousness, and that's not right. Maybe it's like you wanted to be able to do something somebody else could do. We have phenomenal skilled musicians and singers up here, right? So you, you see these guys and gals playing guitars and singing and drums, and just like, oh man, I wish I, could, I wish I could play a guitar like that. But you know what? I've never taken more than two guitar lessons, right? So it's hard to be a great guitarist if you don't put work into it, right? It's like golfing. Like I've always wanted to be a great golfer, right? But, but something happened about about 14 years ago that, uh, that imp- has Im- Im- impeded my, my golf game. And I haven't told this story very often, but I'm gonna tell you guys today. So can, you, can it be a secret between us? You guys, okay? Because it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. But so about probably about fourteen, fifteen years ago, I was invited. uh, uh, um, I was manipulated. I was forced to golf uh, for free uh, with the Wind FM. They have a a a pastor's golf tournament, right? So no, I I had some friends invite me to go golfing. So so against my better judgment, um, I went and I participated. But I was actually having a really good time. Just you know, just hitting the ball around. Just. Just, just having fun until we had a rain delay, okay, so there was a rain delay, we had to wait, and I don't know which hole it was, maybe it was the ninth hole that comes back around by the clubhouse, but but we were there, and so it was a rain delay, so we came back out, so we were the next ones out, right, so there's hundreds of pastors, hundreds of people, we're, we're getting things back off going again after the rain delay, so it's my turn, it had stopped with me uh, when the lightning started, and so I got up to drive the ball, and And I remember everything was wet, right? And so I I pull back and I swing as hard as I can because I play baseball, right? So if you're good at baseball, it applies to golf, right? Yeah, not at all, right? So I swing as hard as I can and my feet go higher than my head. I fall right on my bottom and you hear the gasp just, and I look around, you know, and I give them the thumbs up and... And that was the last time I golfed. Right there, <laughs> but I want to be good at golf. I want to be able to golf. I love outdoors. I love walking. I love. I love golf. I love sports. But I've never put the time into golfing. I've just never have yet. How many know that's so illogical? I want to be good at something without putting the investment of time and effort, energy to to get good at that. I think sometimes we feel that way about prayer. That we see people, that we see people encountering God, even in worship. Maybe you, you looked around and you saw somebody that was just really just receiving from the Lord, really interacting with God, and you're like, oh, I wish I had that kind of relationship with the Lord. Or, or, or you've been with people that, that pray and you're just like, man, I want to pray like that. Well, they can pray like that because they've spent the time, they've put the effort, they've put the work in to learn how to pray like that, and to give themselves to the Lord like that. You know, the disciples in the New Testament, they they had grown up in the the Jewish faith, they had grown up around the temple, Uh, they had heard prayers their whole life. In fact, they had the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament, memorized. They probably had all the Psalms memorized, which is a book of prayer. Like they had been around prayer, they had always heard prayer. They had, had always been around it, yet when they heard Jesus pray... It was something, they had heard something that they had never seen before in their life. They saw somebody that had intimacy with God like nobody they had ever seen in their life before. Luke 11, 1 says this, it says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray just just as John taught his disciples so the disciples saw something in Jesus that they wanted to emulate they wanted to learn how to pray like that and so Jesus began to teach them what we call the Lord's Prayer and he gave them a model for prayer of how to pray you know there's a study done and it said that 83 percent of believers want to connect to God better 83 percent of believers want to know how to connect with the Lord better, want to know how to pray more. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. This morning's outline, um, the, uh, the approach that I'm taking is basically I'm just sharing my heart on what I've experienced with prayer, some of the hindrances and the helps that I've had in prayer. This is a simple sermon this morning. I'm going to list a hindrance to prayer, and then I'm going to list a help to prayer. And these are things, these, are, these come from my own life that I've experienced of hindrances. Anybody have a hindrance to prayer? Yeah, I, if we're honest, we all have, haven't we? We've had hindrances to prayer, but I'm going to list some helps to prayer. I think one of the, the, I think one of the biggest hindrances to prayer is busyness. Right? It's busy. I mean, we live in a crazy, crazy world. We're connected all the time. We're wired all the time. Like, it is just, this world is just, it's so, so busy. You know, I drive a stick shift, and, and the other day, I was, I was driving, I was headed north on National, and I had, um, I had a phone in my left, I was talking on my cell phone in my left hand, I had a cup of coffee in my right hand, I'm steering with my left knee, and I need to shift from second to third, Right? yeah yeah can I get an amen and and so and so I'm doing this deal right I'm about to shift and so what do I do right do do I no well you know I put the phone down right switch hands shift but I mean I can't drop the coffee right I mean that's important and then I picked the phone and the person was still talking so it wasn't a problem you know they're just still going so but I had, and, but that's just like a picture right a microcosm of our life. And we're just going. Everything is just full. Or just, we're at max capacity. And so one of the biggest hindrances to prayer is busyness. But the answer is simply to stop. Can you say stop with me? Say stop. Stop. Just stop. That there's something in every one of us that, that just longs for the reality of the 23rd Psalm. That my soul longs for still waters. Just that stillness in the presence of God. We're in good company. We're in good company. Um, Luke tells a story about a family, a couple of sisters and a brother who were very close friends with Jesus. They lived in the village of Bethany. And in Luke chapter 10, there's a story about an encounter that Jesus had with them. Verse 38, And as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village. It was Bethany where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now, Martha is this fun-loving, outgoing person, right? She's a person that, hey, Jesus! Jesus is in town. Come on over, Jesus. We're going to have a party. We're so glad you're here. She's the one. Is there somebody in your family that's always inviting people over? Right? And the the other people in the house are like, what are you doing? Well, we we thought we'd have fun, right? Just come on. So she's the life of the party. She's the one inviting people over. So she invites Jesus over. He comes over, verse 39, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what He said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. I mean, she's getting everything ready for the party, right? She's lighting the candles. She's getting the Diet Dr. Pepper out. She's getting the chips and salsa. Like, she's just getting everything. She's sweeping up where the messes are. Like, she's getting the house ready for Jesus. And so, she's, she's, she's doing all this, and she becomes frustrated, right? She becomes frustrated, and she she said to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me, Jesus. Come on, help me out. And and if you look at what she doesn't say, right? She implies it, but if we look at what she says, or even what she doesn't say. She's saying, "Lord, don't you care? Don't you care how busy I am? Don't you care all that I'm carrying? All that I'm? Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? You ever thought thoughts like that, Lord? Don't you care about the burdens i Don't you care about the business, Lord? Don't you care about these things in my life?" And then she begins to express an opinion that she has about her sister to the Lord. Have you ever done that one before? Right, talk to Jesus about other people, right? Well, Lord, you need to work on them. Like you need to, you, Jesus, you need to fix them, right? Like they, they need to they need to get their act together. But then she then she talks about how, and this is interesting. Her focus is on herself. She's talking to the Lord about how it impacts her and how she needs the lord to make somebody else do something for her very insightful very insightful into her and jesus here in verse 41 he goes martha martha he could put in here marcia 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 i mean you could because it almost sounds the same doesn't it marcia 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 the lord answered you are worried and upset about many things but few things are needed I mean, here Martha is taking pride in her sin. Those of us who um, who have uh, have chronic busyness in our lives can't we often do that? That we can take pride in how busy we are. That we can take pride in our sin of busyness. How sick is that, right? I mean, it's sick, but it is. We'll be proud that we're. And why isn't everybody as busy as I am? Those bunch of lazy people. Everybody needs to be as busy as I. That's what Martha's saying. She's like, "Come on, folks." Let's get with it. Let's get busy. And Jesus, is like you know, you don't get it, do you? Your sister gets it. She understands that many things are needed. Like there, you have a you can be worried about a lot, you are upset about many things. Verse 42. But few things are needed. Isn't that true? Like when you really get down to it, like, and there are just a few things that are really needed. In fact, Jesus says only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and nobody, nobody. Can take it from her that the number one thing, the most important thing, the antidote to busyness, is just sitting at the feet of Jesus. Just stopping and sitting at the feet of Jesus. There's a story of a of a great drought that came upon a region of orange groves. It was just decimating the orange trees, and there was one orchard that was green and was lush. Everything else was brown was dying but this one orchard was green and they asked the grower what's your key to success what is it that causes your trees to be green when nobody else's are green and he said this is what i did he said when my trees were young i withheld water from them so their roots would go deeper and now when all the other trees are drying up my trees are drinking from a deeper source And don't we want that to be true about our lives as well? That when the craziness, the dryness, the busyness of this world around us, that we are tapped in to a deeper source of living water that gives us strength. So first of all, we have to stop. Second of all, we have to surrender. Guilt, I think guilt is a great hindrance to prayer. And the antidote, the answer to guilt, the help to guilt is surrender. I love, I love the psalmist in Psalm 27. He says, Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. And just listen to this interaction. It is so beautiful. My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. Can you, the Lord's saying that to you today, friend. The Lord's saying, Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Lord, I'm coming. Can, can we just say that together? we just say, Lord, I'm coming? Let's say that together. Lord, I'm I'm coming one more time, Lord. I'm coming. You see, guilt, shame, it can keep us from spending time with Jesus. So, what do we have guilt or shame about? Well, we have it about really usually a couple of things. One is sin, right? When there's sin in our life or past sin in our life, we uh, we can let that that guilt, that feelings of, and they're really it's feelings, right? Because we know that in Christ Jesus. We are we are brand new creation. And so if you haven't, if you've never given your life to Christ, if you've never entered into a relationship with Him, maybe you've been busy with religion, maybe you know a lot of things about God, but you don't know Him in a relationship as your friend, as your Savior, where there's interaction, where there's communion, where you've never turned your life over to Him, or you've walked away from Him. You are here on the perfect day. I mean, today is the perfect day for you to give your life to the Lord, to surrender to him, to receive forgiveness. That He sent his son to die for you, to take your sin and to give you uh, uh, righteousness, to give you um, health, to give you all that he has intended for you, to bless you, to, to, to change your life for all of eternity. And so if you've experienced that, then you are a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. And so when there's issues of guilt or shame that keep us from, from moving forward with God, what it actually is is we're basing our relationship on the Lord on our feelings. Right? And how many know that's dangerous? Right? To base because your feelings, they can come and go right there. They can change 120 times like before noon, right? And so you 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 just we can't live our life based on our feelings or our emotions. In fact, uh, somebody even said to me during the worship service that they really sensed that the Lord was saying that, that there was somebody here today that was really struggling with feelings of guilt about past sin. And the Lord has given you victory over that. And don't let the devil hold that over your head. Don't let that be a weight on your life. Because that actual sin, and maybe you're even thinking about a particular sin during worship, that if, if so this is for you that that, that, that sin is done, don't let that past sin hold you down actually let that be a catalyst for you helping deliver others for you helping others get set free of the very same sin that you struggled with amen, amen. that when we as the Lord sets us free then we are set free to help others so let's not let guilt keep us from the Lord and pray. I mean imagine this I mean the devil he's smart right I'll give him some, some kudos for that Right, he's smart. Like, because if he can convince us of guilt to stay away from Jesus, how I many you know that's a pretty good plan, right? Or if we feel guilt over not spending time with Jesus, I mean, look at, the, look at the circle of that. Okay, so I've sinned, so I'm not going to spend time with Jesus, right? When you hear it that way, it doesn't make much sense, does it? Oh, I haven't spent much time with Jesus, so I don't feel good enough to spend time with Jesus. Right? It's this cycle. How do you get off that treadmill, right? Well, you get off of it, by surrendering. By surrendering yourself. I mean, that was what Adam and Eve fell to in the garden, right? They sinned. What do they do? They hid from Jesus. And that's what we tend to do when we let we let these things come between us. And the answer is to surrender. The answer is just to give it to Jesus and just and just surrender. In fact, 2 Corinthians 11.3, uh, Paul says, I am afraid that as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity of, and purity of devotion to Jesus Christ. But there's a simplicity, there's a purity of devotion that just comes with just loving Jesus. In fact, Jesus, you never saw Jesus turn anybody away. He didn't turn kids away. He didn't turn, the. you can think of the worst sins, right? Think of some of the worst sins you can think of. He didn't turn those people away. The ones that Jesus turned away were actually the Pharisees, they were actually the ones who didn't surrender. They were actually the professional religious leaders, the politicians, the teachers, the professional Christians, right? Those were because they didn't surrender. They were full of pride and haughtiness. and, and, and they tried to they tried to set, they tried to set the, 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 the world up, they tried to set faith in God up based upon what they approved or what they taught, to make it really complicated, basically saying, you know what? Like, average, average everyday people, you don't get it without us. Like, you need us to teach you. You need us to approve you. Like, you need us to help you serve God. Okay? So so they, they were set it up that way. And you know what? Like, honestly, that's been really a lot of, a lot of even Christianity all through the ages. Of, of you needed approval, you needed help, you needed, it was taken out of the hands of ordinary people. In fact, even, even the Word of God, Right was just translated into into understandable languages just five hundred years ago into everyday languages and it's continued to even today be, be, be held in, in, in everyday languages and example example when I was in Jerusalem in January, right, I was so excited to see these holy sites to see where Jesus was crucified to see where he rose from the tomb and so history history lets us know where these places are, and so you go to visit these and it is Honestly, like it is super disappointing when you get there. Because when you get there, there's all these accoutrements that have nothing to do with the reality of those moments of all of creation. That there's candles, there's incense, there's draperies, there's all this stuff. And it just feels so, ah. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like it ought to be because it's covered up with all this man-made stuff. And you know what? That can happen in our lives right here today. That we can walk around with Christian t-shirts, with crosses on our necks. We, we can go to church all the time. We can listen to Christian music. But our hearts can be far from God. Our hearts can be far from God. And so the, today the Lord's wanting to draw us to Him and surrender. That we don't live a Christian life on the outside. That we do all the right things on the outside. We look good, but on the inside we're rotting. He doesn't want that. He wants us to, to experience the good news of, of the gospel of Jesus from the inside out. I love uh, Matthew 11 in the message. I, I just love it. It says, Abruptly, Jesus broke into prayer. He just, Jesus just started praying, right? He just, he's just hanging out with them. And then, you ever just been around somebody that just spontaneously prays? They just start praying. Oh, they're praying. But it, was, it was that, it was that kind of, Judas just starts praying he says thank you Father Lord of heaven and earth you've concealed your ways from sophisticates and know-it-alls but spelled them out clearly to ordinary people yes Father that's the way you like to work are you guys are thankful that God's like that he thinks of us ordinary people like us he wants us to get it verse 28 he goes are you tired are you worn out are you burnt out on religion? Then come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Can anybody say amen to that? Anybody want that kind of life, right? Absolutely, and the answer is surrender. It's surrender is come to Him, come to Him, just like a, an ox would be would be put in a in a, in a an ox holder thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the context that we would come. We would submit ourselves, and His burden is light. His burden is easy. Number three, a hindrance. I think a real hindrance to prayer is. I don't know what to pray, or I don't know how to pray. That we'll feel that way. Like, hey, have you ever been there? Like, you, you get you get everything set right. You get your coffee, you get your Bible, you get everything ready. You're going to have this awesome moment with Jesus, and then you start. It's like nothing, right? Okay, I'm the only one. <laughs> it's like, are you there, Lord? Hello, Are you there? It's me, Jay. I know it's been a while. You guys are looking at me like you've never had that happen. Well, I have, I'll be honest with you. And it's like so what's the answer? To me the answer is scripture. It's scripture. This is what I've learned. These are some of the keys I've learned to prayer. Pray is that it helps me to walk when I pray. When I pray, I walk. You know why? I don't sleep as much. It's hard to sleep when you're walking. You guys think I'm joking. I'm not joking. You get up early in the morning to pray, you got to walk. Or you'll be, you'll be snoozing. And so I walk when I pray. You know what else helps? Praying out loud. You ever try to have a conversation with a person but not talk out loud to them? Well, some of you are trying to do that with Jesus. And sure, you can pray in your... I mean, there's times... You know, when you're about to take a big test or you're about to go into the doctor's office, you just you know, you, you you can talk to you can talk to God without but I'm saying, generally speaking in prayer, just pray out loud. It gives you confidence, it gives you faith. You hear yourself blessing the Lord, you hear yourself magnifying him, and it helps. So walk when you pray. Pray out loud. Start with worship. Just start with telling Jesus how great he is and how much you love him and everything that's awesome about him and and who he is. And just start worshiping the Lord. And I'm telling you, it helps you. It helps you enter into the presence of the Lord. You enter into his presence with thanksgiving and with praise. It's powerful. It's powerful. And this is the other thing. Is don't, don't be afraid of just solitude and silence before the Lord. Like it's okay to just sit and be still in the presence of the Lord. It really, really is. And some of my most powerful moments in the Lord have just come when I've just sat there long enough to let, to, like to let myself catch up with me. And then I'm there, and I'm just in the presence of the Lord. Another great thing to do is to just use the Word of God to pray. There's all types of prayers in the New Testament. In fact, you can, just, you can just open up your Bible to the book of Psalms, and you can just, you can just find something, right? Like, so I just randomly opened up my Bible, just a psalm. And I open, it opened up to Psalm 139. It says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You know my thoughts from afar. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. What powerful prayer right there. Lord, thank you that you know me. Lord, thank you that you know what you, you know what's in store for me today. Thank you, Lord, that you know where my path is headed. I thank you, Lord, that I'm not on my path on my own. That I have you to be right there with me. That you're helping me as I do this. And verse 4, For there's not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me in, behind and before, and laid your hand upon me. I mean, how's that? that's a good praying, isn't it? Lord, thank you that your hand is before me. Your hand is behind me. You are helping me. Do you you see, does does this help anybody? Like, do you see how using the Psalms just helps you pray? It gives you words. The words of the Lord, though, even to return to Him. And really, you know, honestly, that's what a lot of prayer is. is being still before the Lord, being in His Word, and allowing the desires of the Lord to be put on our heart, so then we turn and offer them back to Him. Lord, not my will, but Lord, Your will be done. Deuteronomy 17, 18, and 19 says this. This is Moses talking. Okay, He's laying everything out for the kingdom that's to come in, the, in Israel. And he says this, When he takes the throne of his kingdom, he is to write for himself on a scroll a copy of this law taken from that of the Levitical priest. It is to be with him, and he is to read it all the days of his life so that he may learn to revere the Lord as God and follow carefully all the words of this law and those decrees. How many of you know? If Moses knew that the the word of the Lord was needed for a king, how many for him to lead well? How many of you know we need the word of the Lord in our life for us to live our life well? Right? You guys, I mean that we need to hide the word of God in our heart. It helps us to pray. It helps us to pray. The famous uh, Polish pianist Padruski said this during World War One. He was hired to come in and to play concerts to raise money for the war efforts. And he he agreed, but this was part of his contract, that every day he would be given three hours to play scales and to only play scales. That's all he wanted to do for three hours a day, and he built that into the contract. And the guys that hired him were like, well, sure, we can do that, but why? Why? You're the greatest pianist. Why do you need three hours a day to just play your scales? And he said this. He said, if I miss my scales for one day, I notice. I miss my scales for two days, the critics notice. Did I miss my scales for three days, and the world notices. And can I just say that's true about us as well? When we miss our time with Jesus, we miss time in his word. We miss it for one day, right? When I miss it for one day, I can tell. When I miss it for two days, my family can tell. When I miss it for three days, the world can tell. And so the Lord here is just saying, He's saying stop. He's saying surrender. He's saying go to the Scripture. And then finally, number four, find our security in Him. Our security in Him. A hindrance here, a hindrance is that you don't believe it will make a difference. You don't believe it will make a difference. I'm just being honest, right? If we really believed that prayer made a difference, why would we not pray more? It's okay to be honest. It's okay to just talk truth. If we really believed it mattered, like, if, I mean, think about this, right? She said, whatever you need, just ask. Whatever it, you need, it, just, just ask me, right? But for some reason, we don't as much as we should. We, just, we, we have these hindrances. I believe the answer is in security, of faith, of trust in who he is here's a couple of verses for you hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 and 16 for we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way isn't that confidence building knowing that jesus was tempted in every way that we are that we know that when we go to him he understands our struggles just as we are yet he did not sin let us then approach god's throne of grace with confidence can you say confidence can you say it with a little more confidence? confidence? Confidence. All right, that's good. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That he's saying, come with confidence knowing that you're whatever it is that you need, you're going to get from the Father because of what Jesus has done for us. James chapter 5, 16 and 17 is one of my favorite verses, and this is why I like it. It says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Does that mean righteous? Does that mean you're perfect? No. But it means you're in Jesus, and it means you're serving Him. You're going after Him, and His righteousness is your righteousness. And you're you're living a life that's pursuing Him, and He's saying, your prayers are powerful. Like, you need to hear this today, okay? Your prayers are powerful. That's why the enemy doesn't want us to pray, because they're powerful. Because they produce wonderful wonderful results and I love verse 17 I love verse 17 he says Elijah was a human just as we are just as we are the J. Bean Amplified version says he was a man just like me and he put his britches on one leg at a time that's how he was just Elijah was just a regular guy and we read these, these stories of these heroes of our faith of these men and women and we just think of them being like superhuman, and they were regular people Regular people, and he said here, He was a human just as we are. And yet, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then he prayed again, and the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. That you and I can have that kind of prayer, that we can impact the world through our prayers. Why? Because Jesus said we can. And if we believe Him, if we believe His Word, then we will have that security. We'll have that confidence that our prayers matter. Oswald Chambers said this. He says, when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. I want to end this morning with a story. Heather's, Heather's grandparents planted a, a church in West Plains of Missouri many decades ago, and they pastored it for for. for like four decades. They were wonderful people of faith, great people of faith, just just heroes of faith. And they uh, if you this is this probably I don't know maybe 20 or 30 years ago, there was a season in the life of their church where there were there were there were 10 ladies in the church whose husbands did not serve the Lord. They just they didn't know the Lord. And so what this church did is they developed the top 10 most wanted list seriously they did this this was a top 10 most wanted list and they listed out these 10 men who did not know the Lord and they began to pray as a church they began to pray for these 10 men and in a period of 2 to 3 years check this out every single one of those men gave their life to Jesus isn't that awesome that's fantastic in fact 4 of them became pastors (laughs) yeah God answers prayer. He answers prayer. And so let's, let's be people of prayer. Let's be people who, who, who stop, who surrender, who go to the scriptures, and who have security and confidence of who we are in Christ and what he's done for us and in us. And, and, and respond to him. Respond. And would you would you bow your, your head with prayer with me today? Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, and as your Savior. Maybe you're on somebody's top ten list. Maybe you've had somebody praying for you for years. Maybe it was a a mother, a father, or a grandparent, or a child, or a neighbor. And you're here today not by accident. But God has brought you to this moment to encounter His grace, to encounter the truth,